0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 28th day of January in the year 2022. I will be talking about the failure and the complete collapse of the Democrats slash Joe Biden agenda. The COVID virus was the convenient or planned vehicle to carry the agenda forward as a never-ending crisis, allowing a complete totalitarian revamping of the power of government, the end of the COVID crisis demands another crisis to take our minds off the failing poll numbers and to augment government power. And that crisis is conflict with Russia over the nation of Ukraine. Everything is driven by money today. Nothing is driven by truth. Nothing is in the public interest or public health. It's an agenda. I will submit that deserves rejection by all decent Americans. The quote, from the recent rally against mandates held in Washington, D.C., lays out the destruction that is possible from the agenda's vaccine mandates. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., quote, We love the United States Constitution. We have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and Bill of Rights, and starting with the censorship, James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you give government the license to silence its critics, you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights in the Constitution, end quote. Well, whether you believe the COVID virus is a man-made viral weapon accidentally or intentionally released on humanity, or you believe it to be a naturally occurring mutation of nature. As Mr. Kennedy points out, it is, has been and is being used to obliterate the Bill of Rights, thus opening the door to totalitarian rule by government. It also illustrates how easy it is to generate worldwide lockstep action by governments and their health organizations, egged on by compliant media. In other words, global conspiracy is possible. Obviously, it is not just a few people led by Mr. Kennedy who are resisting. The entire world, especially in the West, is starting to say, wait a minute, maybe we overreacted. Maybe this is all over. Perhaps we should just declare victory and stop fighting. The agenda of COVID tyranny is collapsing across the West. Prime Minister Johnson of the U.K. canceled his country's entire COVID restriction program. As the truth about vaccine injuries became too obvious to ignore, Ireland and the Czech Republic soon followed some. Still hold on, however, holding on in obedience, but it's only a matter of time because the vaccines have lost their credibility in Florida. The governor set up clinics across the state to Treat infected people with monoclonal antibody treatments and lives were being saved, thus proving the vaccines unnecessary. President Biden just ordered the clinics closed as he banned the life-saving treatment. What kind of man would do something like that? Who would condemn people to death just to avoid admitting that his enemy is right? One who is owned by the pharmaceutical industry, perhaps the virus. Is only one crisis in the agenda, and although it threatens our health, there are others which threaten our income, especially our capacity to earn a living and feed ourselves. The virus and the vaccines are being used as excuses for obvious money-driven agendas and by agendas unknown. For example, I'm going to take the position that Joe Biden is an intelligent man and not an idiot. But that makes his actions even worse because it means he's doing it on purpose. Migrants stream across the border in droves every day with no tests or vaccines, no mask requirements. And the administration not only doesn't care, but openly encourages it. Now it seems that President Biden has mandated that no truckers can enter from Mexico or Canada without being vaccinated. Goods pile up at the border. Shelves are empty. What is left on the shelves costs more. The action is in the process of failing as thousands of truckers are currently in a convoy across Canada to protest the decision and to proclaim freedom. Nobody could possibly be that stupid, so the plan must involve starving those of us who somehow survived the virus. The new order of the world apparently sees the crisis of COVID as losing its usefulness. So it turns on a dime to the crisis of Russia, of China, and of Iran, considering all that I recently said about the U.S. border with Mexico. What can you make of the U.S. Secretary of State's recent declaration about the border between Russia and Ukraine? Quote, if a single additional Russian force goes into Ukraine in an aggressive way, that would trigger a swift, severe, a united response from us and Europe, end quote. The statement was a clarification from his earlier statement about a single Russian soldier, which apparently caused gasp of unbelief from CNN's Dana Bash on the State of the Union last Saturday. Clarification or not, it's insane to take that position unless you actually want war. Who wants an invites war? with a nuclear-armed country, crazy people, I suppose, perhaps China, Russia, and Iran have already formed a coalition to squeeze the United States by applying military, political, and economic pressure from three different directions of the globe. At once, the U.S. is spread fairly thin right now compared to when it sat on top of the world unchallenged. The end of World War II left Germany a pile of rubble, Japan a nuclear pile of rubble. Both countries are now top 10 in the world economies thanks to the sacrifice of the American taxpayers and the genius of her generals. By contrast, the Soviet Union had tens of millions of men under arms. Some 26 million Russians were dead today. Instead of a top 10 economy, Russia, as my friend Doug Casey has said, is a gas station with nuclear weapons. Why? That's the question. Why is it so different? Why is Russia so different? I could go on all day with this history lesson regarding communism and the fact that the ideas of medicine, Jefferson and Adams, regarding liberty over state power never found fertile soil in Russia due to communism and socialism. But it's too late for that, folks. The U.S. defeated the Soviet Union in the 1990s after 40 years of Cold War, but no effort was made to build an economy as was made in Germany and Japan. Germany is a Western country, but Japan isn't. So why them? Why them? We needed them as trading partners in the new post-war world. But do we not need Russia? Apparently only as the enemy du jour. That decision is complete madness. What kind of madman would rather keep a warlike feud going with a nuclear-armed country than have cross-border? Border trade, I guess. That's pretty obvious. Russia has a lot of natural resources like oil and gas, but many other resources as well. From such things do profits derive. And profits are not just a form of measurements. Profits are the way to make the world richer. If you are Russia, then profits would make your own people richer, healthier, and happier. Not so many of us would be looking at each other across the wire. You take resources. Mix those resources with labor. Make finished products and services, which are then placed in competition in the world market. You sell them for more than it costs to make them, and the difference is called profit. You and your customers get what you want. That is something of value, and people are just interested in how to make more of the stuff. We did that for defeated foes like Germany and Japan, but not for friends like Russia and China. Why? Does the new world need a constant source of crisis, especially the military-industrial security complex? One of those genius generals warned us about why can't any of this ever be changed, folks? Why can't anyone ever be elected who sees it differently and tries to make a different course? Can you let your own mind wander through any channel you want, through the channels of conspiracy or through the channels of stupidity? I have my own ideas. I don't pretend to understand it all because it's just too complicated. John Kennedy, with all his faults, all his women, et cetera, was the last U.S. president who tried to defy the forces that now have total control of the United States government. Eisenhower warned him about the Federal Reserve, the CIA, the military industrial security complex, and Kennedy set out to do something about them. He learned his lesson, folks. He learned good and hard and each president thereafter has kept a subordinate position, even Trump. By what right, then, does the U.S. government threaten a nuclear-armed country thousands of miles away and apparently not of any strategic interest to the U.S.? Not much besides power and money gives them the right. It is money that only exists in theory, i.e., that is created on the Federal Reserve computers at its whim. It is that currency reserve power that gives the U.S. president the power to impose economic sanctions on an entire country. What then does Vladimir Putin want, or say that he wants? He says he wants no further eastward expansion of NATO. He wants no nuclear missiles in Ukraine on the Russian border. He wants that pledge in writing. Those two desires seem reasonable to me, very reasonable, but Russia— Also controls the Crimea, which gives them access to the Black Sea, which they desperately need for the Russian Navy's access to the Black Sea to the Mediterranean and the Persian Gulf. Crimea, separated from Russia by part of Ukraine, so occupying that area would give Russia a land bridge to their Black Sea port in Crimea. Russia has to have a warm water port in the west for access to the sea for their resources and their navy. These needs are reasonable, and they should not be subjects of nuclear power confrontations. The other day in his speech, the president said Russia would probably invade, and if it did, there's very little we could do about it. That sounds like an invitation, like the one Madeleine Albright gave to Saddam Hussein that launched the first go War. We don't have any interest in Kuwait, she said, so come on down. On the other hand, perhaps... You can see the president, the vice president, the secretary of state, the secretary of defense, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, with those stupid, clueless, what do we say or do now, looks on their faces. Maybe they're all just in over their heads instead of duplicitous plotters, or maybe they serve an unseen hand of money. In conclusion, Russia has about 175,000 Troops on the Ukraine border so far, they can mobilize 10 million men in an emergency. That means any confrontation could, most likely would, eventually go nuclear. And to risk that for nothing is madness. Are the U.S. leaders mad? Perhaps the people pulling the strings are mad. I don't know. It seems that someone who is apparently a lunatic is calling the shots for us all. That's comforting, isn't it, folks? Finally, folks, the meeting of the World Economic Forum. Finally, some good news. Just kidding. The meeting of the World Economic Forum scheduled for January has been postponed until May 22, 2022. It will be the first in-person meeting since the COVID crisis. That's only four months away. So if we can just avoid war for four months, we should know more about the future of our world after that, because our betters will be happy to tell us at that meeting. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Darrell Castle. Thanks for listening.